Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There we go. Welcome back to the Jiggy Jaguar Show. I am speaking with Scott Pauley from the North American Strongman Society. The... North American Strongman Society, are you guys affiliated with uh, the IFSA or the World's Strongest Man, or are you guys completely separate? We're, we're the amateur uh, organization for both, actually. Uh, Willie Wessels is the president, and his wife actually runs the pros in the U.S. Wow. And the pros in the U.S. is called the American Strongman Corporation, and it feeds into both. It feeds into IFSA, and it feeds into World's Strongest Man Super Series both. Yeah. What is the difference? Uh, between the IFSA and the World's Strongest Man for people who aren't familiar with ice. It's actually it's actually just two different federations, kind of like uh, kind like the NBA and the CBA. Oh, okay. Right now, um, you know, if IFSA all leads up into you know one one big world. World's Strongest Man is kind of the same thing. It you know it leads it to a big con- contest. Guys qualify throughout the year. Yeah. And then they go there for uh, and their contest usually is like over a three or four day period. Where this is usually the this is last year was a one day contest. Uh, so, wow, it's kind of how, how they break down. They, they were together for a long time, it's kind of separated, but now they're kind of working working together again. Yeah. Is um, the, the strongman uh, promotions, are they, uh, and, and considering with amateurs, uh, is it like professional bodybuilding where you, or golf where you get like a pro card, or can you just say, can you just get them and then go, okay, I'm a pro? When I first started competing, there was really there was no difference. You you competed as a pro, or you competed as an amateur, or you competed as both. You know, there really wasn't any set up system. They since in the last five or six years they've got a system in place now. What you're going to be coming out, what you're going to see is like this weekend at our camp, the Strongest Man, we have three guys for each weight class qualifying for nationals. You go to nationals, you win your weight class, or you win the overall lightweight, overall heavyweight, get your pro card. Wow. And that's how you become a pro. We also have about five or six shows throughout the year that are called uh, Pro-Ams, and the top amateur in those shows wins his pro card that way also. Wow. How, when, you, uh, when someone decides they want to compete in, in Strongman, what exactly does it take to start competing? Well, <laughs> uh, from the training to, to everything. Because like with bodybuilding... You know, you just find a contest, you train, you diet, you go. Right, right. This, I mean, we, we do have people that show up at our meets that uh, have never trained the implements before. We also, you know, we also, we, we have out in, uh, in Holland, Kansas, where we all train. We have a full facility with a full, a full strongman training, right? You know, we have events for every meet, you know, possible. Yeah. So, we, uh, you know, guys come out and train with us. We, 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 have, a, we have a message board on kcstrongman.com. That site that about Eric Todd, who's one of our training partners, is a pro. He runs it, and, and we have three different sites that people can come train events any weekend they want. We have out at Almire's place, you know, in Holland, Kansas, up in oh, yeah. City at Eric Todd's place. So it's a it's a pretty neat setup. Now, you know, when I first started doing this, there was no equipment. I mean, yeah, that was going to be my, my next thing. question: is is how how has the because I, I know you can pick up any you know powerlifting, bodybuilding magazine. 
or go to the internet, you can you can buy the implements to help you train for strongmen. But what did these guys do before somebody came along and said, "Hey, we need to make some stuff for these guys to use"? My my first train, I was I was a former Olympic style weightlifter, yeah. and uh, before that, I played semi-pro football. So when I got into this, I just did gym training, and I actually went out and got a farm tire, a tractor tire. That was my first strongman implement. Yeah. Uh, and then I, then I, uh, my dad, who's an engineer, I actually had him build me some equipment. Then we acquired more and more equipment. You know, the main thing I noticed that I was told guys just once they start doing this stuff is make friends with a welder. <laughs> you know, and uh, because uh, this stuff is kind of odd. You know, yeah. that we use we we uh, and we, we have probably. It's, even though we're in a little, you know, little small area like Salina, Kansas, we actually buy out of one of the most complete training facilities around. I mean, we could literally put on 20 meets with the amount of equipment we have wow. and had different events. So we've, uh, we've gone to great expense as, as Al Myers, our training partner, as fabricating our equipment, you know, and uh, yeah. we pretty much, if we, whenever we see something we don't have, we, uh, we build it, you know. So I know the very first meet I ever went to, I had flipped the tire and that was it. <laughs> I guess I'd never touched any other events before myself, so wow. it was really a, you know, an eye-opening experience, yeah. you know, as far as that goes. How has so, the, uh, how has the events, uh, just from when, you know, strongman in the beginning, I know a lot of people, uh, what will show you what the hell it was, because they had, they, like, for instance, the World's Strongest Man, they used to have, you, you'd see some of the old stuff on uh, ESPN, they had uh, Lyle Alveo and some of these uh, old professional wrestlers and old football players, and, and they were competing in, you know, strongman events that are still around, but they also competed in, like, sumo wrestling and some of those other things. And now it's gotten to the point where people are strongman, and that's it. And they're competing right, in strongman yeah. type events. Why does that change? Well, the, the, the first World's Strongest Men were shows, they were TV shows, actually. They really weren't competition, so to speak, because a guy like uh, Lyle Alzado, well, he's a strong guy. Oh, yeah. You know, really wasn't as strong as Bill Kazmaier, obviously. You know? <laughs> and that guy said, they tailor the events to work for those guys. They don't want to, you don't want to bring a pro football player and embarrass them. Yeah. You know, now, it, now it's become a specific a, a sport. You know, we're actually, we have standardized events. You still have some meets that will have some stuff, you know, pole pushes and sumo occasionally, yeah. but not not as much. People don't people really don't want to see that, you know. They want to see the the more exciting events, you know, the stones, which is really the staple of strong. Oh, yeah. is the Atlas Stones, you know. But it, it it's changed so much now. Of course, back then too, they had to invite football players. There wasn't there wasn't enough what you would call strong in the, to make up a whole meet. Yeah. What? So nobody would have watched it. Oh yeah. So now, yeah, they, they got to have a. And this, they got to have a hook to be able uh, to get right. people in there. You mentioned the Atlas Stones. Where the hell would you get an Atlas Stone from? I've had so many people uh, email me, or or I know guys at the gym, and they're like, you know, where the hell would you find an Atlas Stone? Because a lot of this stuff, like you're saying, with uh, you know, you know, someone that's a welder, they can make a lot of this stuff. But right, right. We actually, uh, you know, we actually have molds here at our facility that we pour our own stones with. Oh, wow. We uh, mix cool. them concrete. We, <laughs> we add lead centers to them. We make them all different. We have, I'm actually right now looking at a trailer that's got stones from 100 to 400 pounds on it. You wow. know, all different, all different sizes. We have everything imaginable on that, you know, to, to be able to, to compete, you know. And, and, you know, before that, I know the very first time I ever made, I actually, you know, uh, 
went and got a, one of those fitness balls from the store and we had the paper mache around to make a homemade mold to pull one out of. And it was the most god-awful thing ever coming <laughs> forward, you know. But that's how it used to be. But now you can actually go out there, there's some websites that sell stone molds yeah. to make your own, you know. And well, I mean, it's it's just, just, rocks. And yeah, a lot of it is just amazing because, um, and a lot of us, a lot of these things, like we were talking about earlier, back in the day, you wouldn't have been able to train much for something. No. So yeah, well, how would you train for Atlas, Atlas Stone? Right. Well, when Bill, Kaz, when Bill Kazmaier was able to win, whatever it was, four or five World's Strongest oh, Man yeah. it was really amazing. Because he always, all he did was he trained here in the U.S. and he trained Jim West. He was a power lifter. Uh, you know, the, the European guys, they actually had access to the equipment, you know, 15 years ago. They were training this stuff year-round, but yeah, he was still yeah. so freakishly strong, he would go and win competitions. But yeah, I mean, I, probably the first guy who really started training as a strong man, specifically, was Yoko Ahola. You know, he actually, he, he tailored yeah. his routine as a strong man, not as a powerlifter or Olympic lifter. So that's kind of where it all started, guys started getting the equipment, because he was doing it. Before to catch up to him, they did the same thing, so... Yeah. It kind of became that kind of became the norm for the sport. Well, the uh, another question that I've had people email us on back and forth, and just some of the things I've wondered too with watching strongman, because I've been a fan of strongman for years, and that is um, with the like world strongest man event. It used to be in the United States. They did you know out in California, and it seems like now they do it overseas. Is that because of Drug testing with athletic commissions, and oh, why well, right now? Right now, strongman, there is no drug testing because the sport's still pretty small. Yeah. Drug testing is extremely expensive um, to do. Yeah. So we have tested a few years for for narcotics and that kind of stuff. And as you guys are on stimulants before yeah. worlds, that's pretty much the norm, you know. There, and but we're hoping eventually the U.S. it's going to go the way possibly of drug testing. Yeah. Well, we don't know if we're going to see it or not, but we hope so. Right now, when you come into budgeting for meets, you know, and stuff. It becomes real hard to actually test as it is, but as it gets bigger and more sponsorships there, I think it will happen. Yeah. Well, but right now, the other thing is too is um, you know, strongman has to compete against pro football and all that for a market here in the U.S. In Poland, this is the sport. They get a hundred thousand people out to their meets. You know, it, it's it's crazy how many people. You know, they had a meet last year in Kyiv over in the Ukraine that had like ninety thousand people watching it. So obviously they're going to go. They're going to put the big meets the world where the people are. Yeah. And that's kind of where. Well, I find it strange. I seen, and I don't know what year it was, but there was a, they had a, a world strongest man on ESPN, oh, several weeks ago, and it was in uh, China. And I'm like, why would you have a strongman meet in China when most people who are of Asian descent are not competing in strongman? Although there's that one guy compete though. Well, right, you know, in the country. And actually, a good friend of mine, Jesse Miranda, placed second place over it, got second in all the world. And wow. uh, he actually came to several other meets that we put on before and, 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 and all that. So, he, uh, the one thing is that they're, 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 they're for some reason, their culture is enabled by big people, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, they, and they, they love, love it. They, like with Bob Sapp and they love these big Americans. K1 and Pride, you know, even though Bob Staff's not the greatest fighter, yeah. <laughs> they do love him. They yeah. love him. They've got him. He's devoted to selling his merchandise. He's doing the commercials. Right. I'm like, oh my God. 
and it became the same way. They offered so much money that the world's strongest man had to go to China last year. They were able to put up all the money, put up all the prize money, build all the equipment. You wow. know, it was, uh, and they had huge crowds. Oh, yeah. They were out every day, every day for us. They were out in the rain watching this stuff, you know. It's, a, it's and, amazing. Uh, and, well, I'd, speaking of crowds, my uh, a question that I had was going to get to down the line, but since you kind of gave me an opening there, you guys, when you uh, had that meet out at GNC in the Salina Mall several months ago, that was just crazy. I didn't, I didn't figure there'd be a lot of people there because it was a, you know, kind of a niche thing. But the place was packed. Oh, we we were very, we were very, we had several people come. They popped it over a thousand people during the day. Came, came, you know, came yeah. through there, um, and, and our crowd stayed. That was the, that was the impressive thing about it. That was that was really really neat. We've actually got we got two training partners that, that came to that meet and watched the very first time they're now since are going to be competing this this coming weekend. Oh wow! Working as the strongest man, so it, so it has opened up some doors, you know, for yeah. people to get into the sport. And it's something we hope we're hoping this weekend we'll have a big crowd. We're hoping for several hundred, you know, yeah. at that meet also. The very first year I put this meet on, um, I actually put it on because I went and competed at a meet here in Kansas that was called the Kansas Strongest Man. It was the most yeah. awful thing I've ever done, <laughs> and uh, there were three people. There was three people competing and four people watching. And I came back and I was thinking, man, I could do this. I could put this thing on, you know, and do a better job. The very first year for the Kansas yeah. meet, we had 16, we had 16 competitors. This year we have 55. Wow. You know, so we really, we've grown, we've grown in Kansas in the last four years, you know, immensely. So well, I'll tell you, it was just a, a packed, packed place. And like you're saying, that the, the crowd stayed. That's what impressed me. There were a lot of people that were there all day. They camped out, and they were there to, they were there to watch you guys do your thing. And, and, you know, one thing is, too, is we try, we try to put on, the kind of equipment that we're going to have in the meet you're going to come see at our meets is going to be the same type of stuff you're going to see on TV. Yeah. Gonna, or the same stuff you'll see the national meet. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't have people compete on junk, you know. It's not going to be like some meets where you have their stuff falling apart during meet. Oh, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff, you know. And, uh, we try to make it exciting. We bring Willie Russell's in. He is, like, the president of the American Strongman to MC the events. Yeah. It's a great job keeping the crowd, you know, involved. And uh, he knows the sport as well as anybody, you know. He uh, he was a two-time national champion himself and one of the greatest powerlifters ever to live. So uh, it helps having a guy like that, you know, kind of heading the organization, too. So The, the one thing that I saw at the Salina event that I've seen nowhere else is the speed stairs. Is that something you guys came up with? Well, the power stairs has been an event probably... They started doing it in the mid to late 90s, but it's not something you see very often. We were all talking out here at, our gym, at the gym one night, and me and Al Myers and Darren Barnard, Long Beffert, were sitting around. We said, man, you'll be awesome with that power stairs. Well, you found you can't mention anything to Al Myers about it being built the next time you see him. <laughs> we come out, and we had this huge shell sitting in our gym. You know, so yeah, we, uh, we, we, we're probably one of the few places in the U.S. I, I know of us in St. Louis that have a set of these. Yeah, no, no place else. As we're actually in the right now, building a 450 and a 500 pound implement to add to our collection. You know, for me. Yeah. So uh, we. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah, that's that's watch. It, it's, it's a it's a it's, it's a great it's, event yeah. because it actually tests you know power, speed, and endurance. Because I I've noticed just from uh, the past couple of weeks, just seeing like well that that event you guys had the stairs, then. Uh, I was watching the IFSA Strongman, and they had the Atlas Stones, but they didn't do the Atlas Stones like everybody else did the Atlas Stones. They had the round circles. Yeah, they had the yeah. round circles. And then I noticed that uh, World Strongest Man has these, I don't, 
I don't know what they're called, but they basically get a hold of these these big, what looks like poles, and right. they, you know, run like crazy to knock that knock all these poles over, and and that that event's called the Fingles Finger. It's an actual yeah. kind of meet McPherson. We're going to meet McPherson in September. We're going to be one of the first meets amateur in the U.S. to ever have that event. Wow, that, that, that's one of we're working on right now. That's we were sitting around one time. Here, this has been the last few months. We're about about this, and we're like, well, that's one of the three things we don't have in our in our facility yet. And that's going to be one of the next things we want to add. That's it. it. It's a great event. Mm-hmm. With uh, a ton of with training for for strong man, do you train? And I know that you use the different different implements, but do you train like a power lifter or? Um, kind of a cross between all, you know, we, uh, we, we do events on the weekends, usually one day, one day a week on events, usually on the weekend, then we, we put in three to four days in the gym, we do kind of a, a powerlifting type of split, you know, we squat, deadlift, bench press, overhead press, you know, kind of vary our, uh, vary our routines up, you know, with reps and stuff, kind of a cross between powerlifting, bodybuilding, and we add in some Olympic lifting for the explosiveness too, clean, snatches, that kind of stuff. And, you know, one thing I noticed myself, as I've, as I've changed the sport, the sport became where everything was really heavy and slow moving, so I tried to get as big as possible. Now I'm to the point where I'm now going regressing back to where I want to get myself back in better shape because you get to move now in the sport, too. Yeah. You know, that we're being 6'4 and 350 is always a benefit to you. <laughs> so, you know, the sport's always changing a little bit. Do you guys have um, any type of supplements besides your whey protein or creatine that you guys would would take, or is it just um, your basic bodybuilding stuff? Most mostly basic bodybuilding, your creatines, your proteins, um, that kind of stuff. A lot of guys use aminos. The main thing with this we find with doing a meat that lasts all day is keep yourself hydrated. Though you know, a lot of people do use a supplement for hydration, you know, that kind of stuff to, to keep going. Sometimes you know, he says energy supplements, that type of stuff too, multivitamins. But you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff like you're seeing now, the the stuff for muscle pumps isn't going to help us at all. Yeah, it, it's probably going to hinder us. You know, the last thing you want on an event takes a minute straight is to have a muscle pump ten seconds into the event. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that's that, that's what that's we do. What I was wondering if you guys were were using any type of you know bodybuilding type supplements or if it was just your basic stuff. Yeah, just your real basic stuff yeah. and massive amounts of food. <laughs> oh, yeah. <you> know. <laughs>
don't see, and, and maybe it's just I haven't been exposed to it, but like with bodybuilding, you see some of these guys, they get to be a certain age, and they go into the master's class, or they do guest posing, whereas you see some of these guys that have been world's strongest man in the past, and they just kind of, or even the IFSA, and they just kind of disappear. Do they go to other strongman type events, or do they... What happened? Like, well, Magnus Van is a good name. That he was there, and then he's just gone. Oh, and you know, he 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 won his last world's strongest man at almost forty years old. He well, he actually he's now the the head judge for this. Uh, you see, in a lot of meets, judging and, and that kind of stuff. He's an equipment tester, that kind of stuff too. A lot of meets. He's going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, May twentieth, doing a guest appearance. You know, he still goes in those guest appearances. He's also still powerlifter, also and competes yeah. that way. Um, a lot of guys. Bill Kazmaier made a pretty big career. Him seeing, you know, and guest speaking at places. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of these guys do that. You know, some of them take other sports, some of them come power up there. Some of them just decide they don't want to lift weights anymore. Martin Muir went from being a 260 pound guy, a world star man, to where he weighs about 200 pounds, just an in shape guy now. Wow. So, you know, it, it does happen, you know, that too. The longevity in straw man is what's impressive. You have guys like Odd Hygen from, from California. He's 55 years old, still competes as a pro and competes at a pretty yeah. good level still. So, and then what's nice, the, the amateurs here in the U.S., we have a master's division over 40 years old. Yeah. So guys here can compete up into that, up into their 40s, at least in the U.S. Wow. Something else. It is pretty nice. That I've, uh, that I've wondered with Strongman is, like with bodybuilding shows, especially like the smaller bodybuilding shows, you see they have guest posers come in. Do you guys ever have a guest lifter? Or we we, we do actually at meet this week at this at the meet this weekend we're going to have two guys they're going to be guest judging just because they have the big meet in Tulsa coming up the weekend after but Eric yeah. Todd's going to be here he's one of the top lightweight pros in the U.S. and he's one of our training partners from Kansas City and then Travis Hortmeyer who actually broke the stone record at, at the IFSA Worlds is going to yeah. be his dad his dad's 57 years old going to be competing this weekend wow so in the Masters so Travis will actually be here as one of our judges too. But it's really pretty neat, pretty exciting. I got top ten in worlds. What's the most that uh, a competitor this weekend can win as far as um, prize money and as far as prize money in the amateurs? There's really not much prize money. You're actually competing for the chance to go to nationals to compete. They will get your pro card. Yeah. At this point, once you become a pro, then you can win money. Um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the pros the pros are going to be winning first place. It's going to be up for the ten thousand dollars. Wow, prize money and prizes. You know, this weekend the main stuff is, is you know, tr- yeah, kind of stuff. You'll get some on packages, plaques, trophies, and then your your invite to nationals for top yeah. three. Yeah, on this level. Now, eventually, we're hoping we're looking at eventually being able to give out prize money. As in the amateur, it can't be prize money. It's actually called a it's reimbur- expense reimbursement. Yeah. We have to call it. So um, at this point, you know, I think the max on that's five hundred dollars. So I can win it as shows an amateur. Do strongmen have uh, any chances at all to do? Uh, Sponsorships or good sponsorships like bodybuilders and football players and things. Some do. There's a there's a few here in the U.S. who do have sponsors. You know, Travis Whitmire has a few. Jesse Miranda has Metrex yeah. in the U.S. and a few others. Um, you know, some of them, some of them do. The top probably your top ten guys in the U.S. do. John Anderson out of California, who was on an ESPN commercial pulling a truck on the Super Bowl Sunday. He has a drink, has some type of drink sponsor that gives him ten thousand a year. Wow. For, you know, sponsorship. You know, I know some amateurs who have uh, been more will be competing this weekend. He's a top guy in the amateurs. He has a couple of sponsors that can't see to pay his entry fees and his way to meet. You know, right. uh, in the past, I've, uh, in the past, a few of us here locally, the flying, we've had sponsors, sponsors to meet, internationals and stuff. 
and all that. So, yeah, there is some sponsorship available. Uh, it's getting bigger right now as we speak. Yeah. So, well, that's cool. I'm I've come to the end of my question, Scott. I thank you for the interview. I will uh, send you an email this evening, let you know when we're going to air it and everything, where you can download it and all that good stuff. Great. And you might let people know this weekend about our meet. It's gonna oh, yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead and, and promo that. Yeah, our meet this weekend is the Kansas Strongest Man. Uh, this is the fourth annual one, actually, since we took over and became NAS affiliated. We have 55 competitors from 15 states competing out in Salina, Kansas, at Kenwood Hall, across from the Bicentennial Center. We're going to have women, masters, teens, and the open guys all going together. And we'll actually have Sean Byer out here attempting a 355-pound long press to break the NAS wow. uh, record. So it should be real interesting this weekend. Yeah, it should be interesting. <laughs> Definitely. Well, yeah, are you going to have any pictures or anything up on the, the website once, once uh, the events are with and everything? Yeah, yeah, we sure will. We'll uh, up on Casey Strawman. If you, have you been to that site yet? Yeah. CaseyStrawman.com. If you go to the part, our, our message board where we have photos, that within a week you'll see a lot, within probably within a few days. But if you shoot me an email with your address, we'll send you a picture CD from the meeting. Okay. Meet. Yeah, definitely. We'll see all the stuff. That'd be awesome. Yeah. be great. Um, we'll, we'll do whatever we can do. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll tell you, I just get down there. I just love awesome. Strawman. It is, it is a great, great sport. As you see, you, you see these guys doing all sorts of things with you don't see any other guys in any other sports doing so. Right. It, 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 it's a sport you have to do it because you love it. If you don't, you wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Definitely. So, so um, it, it, it's pretty neat. You guys mentioned you were going to do a meet in September at McPherson. Where's that going to be held at? It's at McPherson, McPherson, Kansas, at the at the main park right there, Lakeside Park. Oh, it's wow. over the big Scottish festival. Oh, and that's we cool. Have, yeah, last year like, we were on Sunday with the Highland Games. They like this enough where they're going to move all the Highland games to Saturday. We're going to go Monday on Sunday to Strongman. Yeah. Cool. Last year we were there as a demo. Yeah. And uh, this year we're actually going to be part of the part of the entertainment. So that's pretty. That's a pretty big step. Is it going to be a meet or is it just an exhibition? Type it is going to be a full meet this year. Wow. Yeah. We're we're going to expect about thirty to forty competitors out there for that too. So. And actually, that's going to be our debut in our single fingers here in the amateurs. So it's going to be pretty neat. For wow. That's going to be cool. Well, now, are, um, you, are, you, are you affiliated at all with the state fair up there? Um, we've done some things with, with the fair. The fair is really hard to get into. You pretty much got to know somebody to know somebody who knows somebody to get in. <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking to the River Festival a few times in Wichita, and it just hasn't worked oh, yeah. out so far. And we'd like to be. We 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 would like to get more involved in doing these festivals and stuff. With, with, we already had the built-in crowd. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Like at the mall, it was awesome to have that. There's you know, a, that built-in crowd. There. There's a guy that did a uh, strongman. Uh, it was like an old-school like strongman uh, professional wrestling, all sorts of you know old-school type events. It uh, was sponsored by Atomic Athletics. I can, oh, okay. And I don't know if you're familiar with know them or have heard of them. I know, I know, I know of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were on a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about how they were doing some strongman things. They were going to just bring some people in to do some exhibition, and oh, I okay. wondered if maybe you guys had, had talked to them and maybe was involved with, with their thing. But no, we have we haven't. I know who Roger Lapointe is with Atomic Athletic, though, uh, and uh, we know we're not affiliated with them as of right now. 
and stuff. Right now, we, we um, the first one we left with, I, I sold promoter to me. Now I actually have a co-promoter, Darren Barnhart. He's been a huge help to help with, uh, with the, I work full-time, obviously, so, uh, and my job is actually pretty involved there. Well, it's kind of hard for me to do all this stuff now, so it's nice. We have a, help, we have a heck of a group here that, uh, you know, help us out and, and do all this, because obviously one guy can't do this, yeah. <laughs> obviously, so this weekend one about 20 of us out there running this thing. We're looking forward to this, definitely. If, if this goes well, we're actually going to next, in 2007 in McPherson, we're going to be holding police, fire, mili- police, fire and military and uh, Masters Nationals along with our McPherson meet. If, if there's oh, wow. Well, so. That's cool. And uh, I, actually, I actually was a promoter of the MTV, uh, the uh, KC Pro-Am last February, February that MTV was at for True Life on Kelly. Oh, yeah. And he was there. That was my show that he came out and did. And, and wow. Deal on. So that, that, that has really helped the sport a ton. Putting that guy on MTV has helped it as yeah. well as anything has so far yeah, in the that's, U.S. That's great. Well, I want you to get back to doing, uh, you're moving. And, uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I, anything we can do for you, just let us know. Man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Anytime. Definitely. Yeah. I'd love to have some of the uh, competitors on sometime to do some interviews down the road. Oh. Oh, well, that'd be no problem. Let me know. We'll, we'll hook you up with some of the guys. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Oh, yeah. I'll get you an email this evening, and uh, I'm going to try to get out there this weekend for the event. Great. Well, definitely ready to introduce yourself to us. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right. I will uh, let you guys go, and I'll shoot you an email, and I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks a lot. We are back here on the Jiggy Jaguar Show. We're speaking with Ryan the Lion. Madigan. That is a great name. I love that. Ryan the Lion. Where'd you come up with that? Uh, thanks, thanks. Uh, I, you know, I think somebody just gave it to me in the gym years ago when I first started kickboxing and just kind of stuck, I guess. Yeah. How'd you get started doing uh, mixed martial arts and kickboxing and everything? Uh, you know, as a little kid, I always wanted to be in martial arts and um, kind of pulled around with it here and there and then finally started at uh, a karate school pretty steady when I was about 14 years old and um, <clears throat> kept telling my instructors that I wanted a kickbox, wanted a kickbox, so they took me to uh, a school located in Canton, Ohio that had kickboxing um, when I was uh, about 16, and um, I started kickboxing, had my first 17, and um, wow. fell, fell in love with it right after. No, um, there's really not. There's... Um, it's, especially the, the amateur kickboxing, amateur uh, MMA is not quite there yet, but amateur kickboxing is a little more organized, and yeah. they have uh, some pretty big organizations that's, uh, that's getting pretty organized now that, you know, helping uh, people get some, build up some fights and, and get them ready for the pro ranks, but pretty much when I was coming up, um, just kept fighting, and uh, I built up about, you know, 20 um, amateur kickboxing fights, and um, had about... Uh, 20 um, tough man style fights that I fought in. and oh, That's cool. Yeah, just uh, stuck with it and kept fighting and and uh, went pro a couple years back and uh, in kickboxing. This will actually be my, my first pro uh, MMA fight. So so kind of always tooled around with it and fought some grappling tournaments here and there over the years. And, you know, now MMA is the new thing. And Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I got a chance to fight in front of my, my hometown fans. I don't get to fight in Ohio very much, so cool. I jumped on the opportunity right away. So basically, um, when you got ready to 
do your first ever professional kickboxing match? What did you have to go through uh, training-wise and uh, contract-wise and everything on that? Um, well, coming up for my first uh, pro, my first pro kickboxing fight was actually in Ohio in uh, Toledo, and uh, it was just a very small show, a couple hundred people, and you know, but pretty much every fight's gotten a little bit bigger, and and um, the training, um, as far as the training, I guess you just gotta pick up your training from the amateurs to the pros. You know, you yeah, you just, you spend more hours in the gym and and you know more miles on the the road. I guess <laughs> you know running, so because everything uh, changes a little bit. So, did you do? Is there much of a a difference training wise from going from an amateur to a pro or is it just you just add more rounds? Um, yeah, you know, I would say it's probably that much more rounds. Usually the guys and the pros have a lot more more technique, so you know, just over the years you I guess your technique gets better, you know, yeah. for example in boxing and kickboxing, um, guys start hitting a lot harder. You know, in amateurs yeah. it's more like a point game and you know, tips happen, and you know, I mean, guys get knocked out. Don't go oh, wrong yeah. in the amateurs, but but when you go to pros, everybody seems to to hit a lot harder. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, going from uh, you had quite a quite a little career so far, doing tough man, doing kickboxing, doing you know, getting ready to do MMA now. Um, what made you decide I needed to you needed to go from kickboxing to MMA? Um, probably, you know, I've, I, like I said, I've always kind of pulled around a little bit on the ground, and I've done some grappling tournaments here and there, so it's kind of always been on the back of my mind. We actually, um, about uh, two years ago, when I first signed with my manage, uh, management, um, we were going to kind of shoot for MMA, focusing on MMA. Yeah. Uh, a couple fights, couple fights actually fell through, and then um, I got some bigger offers uh, to go to kickboxing. So that's kind of where I, I stayed, and now, like I said, I'm kind of jumping on this opportunity to, you know, mainly fight in front of my hometown fans. But at the same time, we're going to see how it goes, and uh, if MMA, you know, if the if the payday's there, I mean, that we're all professionals, and yeah. that's really why we're doing it. We're 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 doing it to get paid. So, you know, if the payday's there, of course, you know, I may do some more, but <clears throat> You know, I got a pretty big uh, um, thing with uh, the new Chuck Norris World Combat League. I just started fighting. Yeah. So, of course, you know, my main focus is on the kickboxing, but I'm keeping some other stuff on the back burner, too. Why do you think, uh, since, since you're involved with kickboxing, why do you think that K1 kind of swallowed everybody up and Chuck Norris had to pretty much come out with uh, World Combat League to do any type of competition because it was just K1? Yeah, um, you know, I I don't know what exactly the promoters of K1 have been thinking. I know the big, you know, the main main promoter of uh, K1, you know, he was over in Japan. And yeah. I don't know if they just, you know, they just kind of used and abused some, especially the American fighters like Carter Williams. Oh, yeah. Kind of threw them to the dogs right away. And, um, you know, I don't know. He was a young guy. I don't know if he was ready for all that. He's a great fighter, though. I mean, he's still got some, you know, good years left in him and, and a lot of potential. So hopefully, you know, he'll make a comeback. But I don't know, just the whole promotion of um, K1, I don't know if they just didn't really use their heads and 
I, I guess in my opinion. But yeah. and, and, and the bad thing is, too, they only showed, you know, especially on the TV, like everybody would gripe that they just showed the same fights over and over yeah. and over. And it's just the heavyweight guys. Well, if you really want to see the action-packed fights, you need to watch the K1 Max, the 154-pound oh, guys. Oh, yeah, those guys are they, insane. Yeah, they're animals. And, um, you know, nobody, you know, really promoted those guys over here and, and put those guys on TV. And really that's the, you know, that's what they, they need to show that a little bit more, I, I think. But I don't know. Hopefully uh, hopefully with the, uh, the the World Combat League, I think um, people will see some uh, definitely some exciting kickboxing. It's, uh, there's been some good fights so far. So For people who aren't uh, familiar with the World Combat League, give us some, some information on um, it was uh, actually a new league started by Chuck Norris. It's actually his concept um, that he came up with, uh, I don't know, 30-some years ago. Yeah. Um, he had, they actually started it back in, I think it was the late 60s or early 70s or something. Um, <clears throat> they started it, and um, he had a couple teams, and I guess traveled around the country, and, and they were doing really well. Uh, and then, of course, Chuck Norris got... Uh, you know, called into the movies, so he's put it on the back burner for all these years, and I guess he fi- finished up uh, filming uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, and uh, they started working on it right away, and um, <clears throat> so this season, um, it's basically a kickboxing fight, it's basically a kickboxing format, um, so it's all stand-up, no no going down to the tournament this year, uh, and I'm actually on Team Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Gators is who I'm fighting for. Um, now, is, uh, now, I don't mean to, to cut you off, I, you just brought up a real good point. Uh, you mentioned that you're on the, the Las Vegas Gators. Now, is it, I, I don't know if you haven't, uh, have you seen some of this uh, real pro wrestling that they've been having on uh, TV, I think they had it on last season, where they have, it's basically the same concept, only it's wrestling. They have teams, but a lot of the guys are not from that area. Is, is that the case with the World Combat League? Is it just, oh, well, we need cities, we need teams, we'll just put some guys on a squad? Mainly, mainly. I know the, um, I think Team Los Angeles, is, he fought uh, last time. They had a couple guys from Los Angeles. Yeah. There is a couple guys, and uh, New York is actually, I think, stacked with a bunch of New York people, too. But, yeah, besides that, you know, a little bit of everybody here and there. And, you know, I think they want to franchise the teams and, Make it just like the NBA, NFL, and, yeah. and such, you know, stuff like that. So they want they want a franchise, and I think actually Team Las Vegas was one of the first. I think that well, you know somebody was really interested in buying. So, but everything's wow. kind of up in the air right now. So, so basically, the World Combat League is. Uh, are you guys going to have like a playoff system and championships and all that, or? Exactly. Yep. I think they're talking about. Uh, season they as far as I know they were shooting for October having our, our finals um, so the final two teams fighting for the championships um, and we actually fight for I think it's like a silver glove a silver glove is what you know the champion uh, oh, wow. team gets and I'm, I'm sure as they already have a couple um, I think different networks that is really interested in putting it on TV I know of course the main two ESPN Spike TV are both uh, really yeah. interested in, as far as I know so I think by next year it'll be on uh, on TV probably for the full season and so. You guys get paid uh, by the fight like every other fighting yeah, sport. Yeah, right. Well, right now, yeah, just by the fight right now. But they're supposed to have uh, 
season, you know, uh, everybody's supposed to get a, a contract, basically. Yeah. Uh, just like, you know, NFL guys and NBA guys. And uh, we're supposed to get contracts um, by next year. I'm sure that those, those will all be out. So That's cool. So basically, light heavyweight champion, uh, PKC, light middleweight champion. Um, are those organizations, are they just fringe organizations, or are they major... Because, like I said yeah, before, the only ones you ever hear about is K1, and uh, every once in a while the IKF. So. Yep, and that's actually a title that I have to have in the IKF Super Middleweight oh, uh, wow. Champion. I won that. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the biggest title that I've really won. Uh, the OKC was, yeah, that's just the Ohio uh, Kickboxing Coalition that's really not around anymore. And then the, the PKC, they're still around, of course, the Professional Karate Commission. Yeah. It used to be the PKA way back in the day of... Uh, Early days of uh, kickboxing. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the uh, the old kickboxing leagues, I remember seeing all sorts of fringe little television programs or videotapes out, and they always had all these all these local kickboxing things, and then it got to be where it was IFKA. And it was the only one. Yep. Now it's K-1. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, just, um, it's strange. IS- Go ahead. Yeah, I- IFKA, is still, they're still kind of doing their thing. I guess they still probably have some of the... The bigger fights, um, they uh, actually, I think, they just sanctioned a big one over in Germany and stuff. So they, they still get around and stuff, but they just, I think one one of their problems, they never update their website. <laughs> they yeah. Never update. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, K1, I think they're still going strong. There's actually a new uh, a newer uh, organization overseas, uh, Super League, who we've been oh, in wow. contact with there. And um, SuperLeague.tv is, is their... Um, uh, website, and uh, they actually have uh, basically a lot of the the K1 Max fighters um, yeah. fight for them, and uh, yeah, they're 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 getting pretty big overseas. So, have you ever considered ever doing uh, Muay Thai, or is yeah, it just all kickboxing I, that you've? No, actually, that's uh, that's probably what I was just thinking of uh, touching on. I I fought um, just about all kickboxing rules and Muay Thai. Muay Thai has probably been my main study for the last couple years. Yeah. Um, so, not too many fights, uh, kickboxing fights, uh, in the United States, even Muay Thai fights allow the elbows. There's a couple, uh, promoters out, uh, like, uh, some in Vegas, yeah. and some in California will allow the elbows, but not too many. Is uh, it, I've actually fought with elbows one time. And is it better to, to, to fight with elbows where you have the option of having all the weapons, or is it just better to go yeah. with the other? You know, I don't really prefer the elbows. The main reason is because there's always a cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to get cut. And once a guy gets cut, then you're out for, you know, the next month. I mean, you can't really train, and, you know, you got to cut, so then that just puts you out. So I, I think uh, I know one of their previous shows that they had out there uh, in California, or actually I think it was Las Vegas, um, I think every fight on that show except maybe one was stopped due to a cut. And it was all due to elbows. Oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so easy to get cut with an elbow, and if you're doing any kind of clinching on the inside, the guy just comes up with his elbow and cuts you, and well, then you're out for a while. So, yeah. you know, if that's all you do is fight, then you, you know, you're not going to be able to make any money for a while. So, <laughs> what's a typical day at the gym for you like? Um, usually, I'm in the gym um, at least four, if not five days a week, yeah. and usually. Three of those days are two-a-days, 
Um, so I get up in the morning um, three days a week usually, and then uh, I'm doing my running and my lifting in the mornings. And, and then my, my gym workouts in the evening usually. I'm in the gym um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday usually. I'm here in Akron with my coach, uh, who I've been with for about nine or ten years, Lorenzo Scott. He's been a great trainer and a great friend. And uh, I've been with him for, like I said, about nine or ten years. And yeah. usually we're in the gym, and, and uh, I usually do my shadow boxing. And um, usually I'm on the bag for a couple rounds, uh, pad work usually. So usually by the time I get done, usually I'm uh, 18, 20 rounds in the gym. Um, and sometimes more if I if I yeah. start that day too. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, always a lot of work, but it's fun. How is the, uh, you mentioned you do shadow boxing. Do, when you shadow box, do you just basically throw your hands or do you try to throw kicks? I've done shadow boxing in the past with kicking, and it's just it just seems awkward kicking air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, well, the main thing that, uh, and so there's some people that come in the gym and you try to train them and stuff, and they hate yeah. shadow boxing. just feel stupid doing it. Well, you're mainly doing it um, for several different reasons, um, you know, to keep your balance. Um, and that's a good point. Um, even though you, you kind of feel weird, kicking air, um, it's yeah. all about balance. It's always about working on your balance. So, like, if you're doing the tie kicks, then you're really spinning all the way through with your kicks. You're coming back to your stance, so you always want to feel balanced. Um, if you're just throwing, like, a normal kickboxing karate style kick, you're throwing it out there, and then you want to come back to your stance right away. Yeah. So uh, yeah, usually when I shadow box, I do uh, one, sometimes two rounds of just hands. And my next three to four rounds will all be hands and feet, working on my, my hands and feet combos, you know. Yeah. You ever use it all, to, all together. On those, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure what, what bags you've used in the past, but have you ever used uh, one of those uppercut bags? Yeah. Yeah. How how is how are those things? Because I've never used one, and I I see them all the time in like the the boxing catalogs, and I see them on TV. And yeah, there there's there's those though. I actually I like to throw knees on them too. I actually do like a jump scissor knees. Oh, that's cool. What we call it. Yeah, I, I I end up throwing more knees, but um, but yeah, they're they're okay for uppercuts. Um, you know, I like to throw my uppercuts probably the best just when I'm doing my pad work. Yeah. I don't throw like no. I'll throw some on the bag. I'll catch the bag, at, you know, in back at an angle, and I'll throw my uppercut sometimes. So. Yeah. Well, uh, give us a little information on this uh, card coming up. Fight night. Wow. Uh, yeah, you're gonna be fighting on that. Uh, I talked to Greg uh, Kalikas, who's putting that on. Uh, the fighter's point of view on that. It's. I think probably everybody is very excited to fight on the show. Greg's kind of a, a newer uh, promoter and stuff, but he's doing really good at uh, putting shows together. His show last year, I think he did uh, probably 1,500, 1,500 plus people um, at the same venue last year. Uh, this year, uh, I, I think him, you know, between uh, probably just about everybody, we think it'll probably sell out this year. So he'll probably end up packing probably four or 5,000 spectators in there this year. Um, it's a great venue. It sits right on the water um, on Lake Erie, basically right down in the flats. And uh, there's going to be uh, some great fights. Uh, you know, Dan Bobich, who's fought in Pride. Um, I oh, think yeah, he's, he's a uh, huge guy. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yep. Um, he's a big, uh, a big draw, so, you know, I think everybody's looking forward to seeing him fight. And then uh, um, 
he's got uh, Jason uh, Freeman, who's actually a big prospect from Ohio. He's going to be making his uh, pro debut. Uh, wow. He's undefeated in his uh, three or four amateur MMA fights that he does have, but he's coming from a, a background of uh, a little bit of kickboxing. Um, he's actually trained with me and um, a little bit of kickboxing, and he's got probably about 60, maybe 70 tough man fights. Wow. So, yeah, he's got quite a <laughs> quite a background, and uh, he is, uh, like I said, going to be making his pro, de- pro debut, so I think a lot of people are excited to see him make his pro debut. And uh, Torrance Taylor uh, is going to be fighting uh, Jason Steeltown Taylor, who's from uh, Pittsburgh. He's the big uh, Cleveland rival. Everybody loves to hate him. So, <laughs> so you yeah, going to be fighting on that card, or are you just going to be making an appearance? Nope. I, yeah, I am fighting. I'm fighting probably about right in the middle of the show. Um, I think I'm the eighth or tenth fight, and um, I'm fighting uh, a guy named Jake Shaper from uh, Maryland. So uh, he's he's got more of a stand-up background. So so hopefully yeah. he'll stand stand and trade with me a little bit. <laughs> to get prepared for uh, well the fight that you got coming up at the fight night in the flats. What what have you done to? Have do you watch tape of these guys? Do you just do your basic art? I know that Don Fry years ago said that he didn't do any type of training for fights. He trained the way he trained, and guys had to train to beat him. I would say that's mainly what I what I yeah. do. Um, you know, I don't really. It's pretty hard to get tapes of uh, unless your guy's pretty experienced and yeah. um, you know has a pretty big name. Like in, in kickboxing, I'm kind of to the point where I can see my guys fight a little bit more here and there. But, um, you know, be my first MMA fight, and it's this guy's only second MMA fight. So pretty hard to, you know, find any tape of him. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty I'm pretty a firm a firm believer. I don't do too much studying on tapes because somebody can always, you know, train a little different and come oh, yeah. in uh, a different attitude. It's just not hard to do. So, so I, don't, I don't step my, uh, my training towards, towards one technique. I just try to have an open mind going in there, I guess, mainly. So yeah. be ready for anything, I guess. Well, now that you've uh, you're moving to to MMA, how have you changed or added? Uh, I know you probably are doing more grappling, along with the kickboxing. Uh, is it more than the other, or do you try to mix both? Or um, yeah, I would say probably try to mix both. I just kind of slowly added in, you know, the grappling. Um, I still keep probably my kickboxing as my my main training. Um, and uh, and work my footwork a lot. Yeah. Uh, even more even more footwork than usual, you know. But uh, it's kind of slowly work in the grappling and pick up my footwork even more because you know make it hard on the guy to grab me, I guess. Um, and I just like I said, just keep my my kickboxing as my main training. Has it been more wrestling, or have you tried to learn submission? Yeah, Brazilian. Um, I there's a couple guys. Uh, Jason Dent, who also actually will be fighting on the card, he's um, I actually teach uh, kickboxing up there. Usually one of their classes a week, uh, Tuesdays I teach up there. They're in Menor, Ohio, and uh, he's actually going to be fighting on the card. He's got a pretty good uh, MMA record. He's kind of an up-and-comer, too. Um, so, yeah, they have uh, some uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu that they do up there, Jason Gizz and uh, Do- another guy named Donald Parks. Uh, kind of from the Gracie camp, uh, yeah. so he comes and works out at our school. So I train with those guys, and um, yeah, so I work my uh, my quite a bit too. Wow, are you guys going to do weight classes at this, or is it just they're just matching you up? 
Yeah, it's weight classes. Um, I'll actually be fighting at 170. Um, so I'm doing pretty good to make the weight. I actually got a little lazy because I usually fight at 170, 172. <laughs> but uh, for the World Combat League, I actually got a little lazy because the weight class actually goes up to 178. So our last fight for World Combat League was in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, I ate way too many buffets out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you guys were out in Vegas, right, for that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, pretty they, much that, that's what they have out in Vegas is the things. I can see why you, why you uh, took that in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They actually had a feature on the new uh, Black Belt magazine on uh, World Combat League. Um, oh, wow, I'll have to check that yeah, out. It's, yep, it's a brand new one that just came out with Chuck Norris on the cover, and they got a feature on the World Combat League. And uh, On the last page there, they show Team Las Vegas walking off stage, and I'm like the second to last guy, and all the fireworks oh, cool. are going off in the back, background. So, yeah. But, yeah, I definitely ate a, a ton of buffets while I was out there. <laughs> the, the, the Rio, I don't know if you've ever been to the, the Rio in Las Vegas, but that no. buffet is like, oh, I swear. <laughs> I swear it's got to be like a quarter mile long. It's just huge. <laughs> oh, that, that, I can see why maybe you uh, <laughs> your weight fluctuated a little bit. <laughs> You you mentioned on your website that you uh, you're available for fight training. Um, if someone were to to sign up and they were interested in doing that, what would you run them through? How would that whole process start? Yeah, I actually um, uh, mainly what I'm doing right now. I'm just giving uh, private lessons for a couple of different guys. I'm I'm working on uh, getting into uh, one or two different schools actually in the area. One guy uh, uh, in Macedonia here, he has a uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school, and uh, he's pretty close to me. So we're going to work out somewhere I'm teaching there. But for my private lessons, um, you know, if I, if somebody's coming to me, uh, you know, 25, 25 an hour is usually what I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just run them through, uh, you know, te- lots of technique. Um, I'm probably one of the, the rare guys. There's a few, few trainers out there that really push technique, but that's how uh, I've been trained, and my trainer has trained me. He just really pushes technique, and when I when I teach up at uh, you know Griffin Raw up in uh, Manor, uh, just push technique um, nonstop. You know, uh, it takes a long time. I mean, it's taken me probably eight or nine years of constantly having my coach over my shoulder telling me technique, technique, this, 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 this. <laughs> yeah. Kind of just now getting to the point where like I'm almost throwing everything right almost every time. You know, and it's still not every time, but almost. <laughs> so. You know, he still gets on me when I'm throwing something wrong. But, um, yeah, press a lot of technique, a lot of combinations. Uh, I do pad work with my guys. And uh, uh, one of my first guys that I really uh, kind of took a hold of and started training, um, he just uh, a couple months back bought his second uh, kickboxing fight, and he's undefeated in both. And, um, you know, knocked this guy down with a, a big head kick. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, just uh, going from kickboxing to MMA sounds really hard to do, and good luck with uh, being able to do that. Are you going to be able to go back to kickboxing after doing MMA, or are you going to be like, ah, I can't, you know, go back to just not, you know, not being able to mix the grappling in? Yeah, I, de- I definitely will, you know, and actually, actually a guy the other day, um, he actually said something that, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense. It's, uh, it's actually easier to teach um, in, in the basics and uh, just in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, to a kickboxer rather than teaching a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy kickboxing. Yeah. It's a lot harder for them to make the transition. Um, so, 
you know, I think if uh, in, in the way I train, like I said, I would use my footwork a lot, and um, I, I still, you know, try to keep it standing. You know, like like Chuck Liddell, he went to, he started as a oh yeah, you know, you know, so so yeah, I mean, um, I try to stay away from the ground if I can, but if I if I have to go down, um, you know, I use my my Reese Smith tactics and there you go, just, uh, hold them off, hold them off for a little bit. <laughs> have you uh, trained much with the? What I think they're like four ounce, the little fingerless gloves that they use in MMA. Yeah. How did those? Uh, how did those feel as far as uh, the difference between that and like a boxing kickboxing glove? Um, quite a bit, quite a bit, and it's really surprising. Um, there's some guys out there that are really um, have some pretty good stand up, but um, you know, my even just you know talking about the hands, my my boxing, I'm probably uh, you know. Up there with uh, some pretty good boxes. I actually have some pretty uh, big boxing promoters looking at uh, maybe signing me right now. Um, I do. I do. Uh, and, uh, top-notch boxers. Um, yeah. So it's actually uh, you know me and a couple of my friends have actually talked uh, before. If uh, you know some really good boxers came in there and used good footwork, man, they would uh, they would crush some guys with those <laughs> small gloves on. You know. And, uh, like a Roy surprised. Jones back in the day. Exactly. If he exactly. When he had his good footwork. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate the interview. The website, ryanthelion.com. you got all sorts of things on there. you got to sell some T-shirts. Well, actually, that's funny. <laughs> everybody's selling T-shirts on their website. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I just worked with, uh, talking to a guy yesterday. I'm going to be setting up, hopefully within the next few days, I'm going to get a PayPal account on on my website. So. That's cool. Uh, when I put some T-shirts and videos, maybe, and, and uh, be able to sell tickets for my fights through there too. So, oh yeah, wow! Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely look for that. Ryanline.com. It'll be on there soon. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. And good luck at uh, Fight Night in the Flats. Keep us updated. I definitely like to have you back on. For I sure. Think, I think good. It would I appreciate be, it. It could be cool. Uh, but like I said, have a good one, uh, and I guess we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, James. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.